You're listening to Outlandish Outcasts at outlandishoutcasts.com. Welcome to Outlandish Outcasts. I'm your host, Al. With me, as always, even if we're late, is Desi. How are you doing even tonight, Desi? Even if we're late. We're a week late. Well, I knew that. We're one week late. I am not pregnant. That no. is not what he means. No. We were on vacation. Vacay. You know, driving across the country. Thousands sad it's of over, miles. but. Yes, very sad it's over. It was fun. It was, I go back to work and everybody's like, so, oh, I'm so glad you're back. I'm like, yeah, not me. <laughs> I'm glad I'm home. Yeah, That's I'm glad I'm it. home. Uh, not glad I'm back to like real life, though. So. Nope. No. Real life. Ooh. Yeah, but it was nice to go from the middle of the country to the East Coast and check some stuff out. Yes. Like like I've been describing it to everybody at work. I went from seeing the sunrise on top of a mountain to the bottom of Niagara Falls. It was a beautiful vacation. It was until we got homesick. Yes, yes. Yes. But we still saw the Niagara Falls when we were homesick. We did. We want we were on our way home and we wanted to come home, but what the heck, we we're close enough. We're within I drug within everybody an hour. and I kept clearing it with you. Yeah. I'm glad Are we you went. sure this is okay? I'm glad Are we went. Are you sure this is okay? I knew you were like, I just want to leave. Well, you know, you you do it. Well, you, well we're just going to go there. We'll be there for like an hour. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> Four and a half hours later. I had no idea because the miles or the islands a mile walk. Yep. So I figured we'd just walk around, look at it, and walk go. around, look, see the falls quickly. And then you saw the people at the bottom in the pond shows getting went, hit with water, and you're like, "I need to do but that." I want to see it from the bottom. Like that's <laughs> the experience. So we did it. So we did it. Yeah, the cave of the winds thing. That was cool. Yep. And one of our sons who hated it the most, he had the most fun when it was the hurricane wind. Death. Yeah. Says he hated it, but while it was going on, he loved he every minute. He kept going of it. back. Yes. Yes. So. Yep. Didn't Anywho. have the internet, so therefore it was awful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> His favorite parts of the vacation were the campgrounds that had internet. So, or, the hotels, <laughs> or the hotels that, that we had stopped internet. at on the way home. Yes. Anyway, I believe I am first, so you I am going to go are. first. I have a question for you. Oh, crap. Have you ever heard of the Winchester Mystery House? Winchester, that sounds familiar. That's a gun. It is a gun. Okay, the Winchester what house? Mystery house. I feel like that was in a movie. Okay. It, it's been in a lot of things, but it uh, it is a it is a house <laughs> located in California. And I'm going to tell you a little story about it. I feel like it was in a horror movie. It I'm sure it has been. I'm, it wouldn't surprise me. Okay. At all. Um, Sarah Winchester was the wife of William Wirt Winchester, who was the founder of the Winchester rifle-like company. See, I got the gun right. You did. You got the gun right. I know my guns. So he (laughs) built the Winchester rifle. She was his wife. He dies of tuberculosis in 1881. She inherits $20 million. Okay. And a thousand... this is like... $20 $20 million? In 1881, $20 million. I was going to say, worth about this is 500, a long Equivalent time to about ago. $550 million today. Um, she also received a salary because she was 51% owner of the company. Oh, my God. Of $1,000 per day. What is wrong with you? Why <laughs> yeah, can't you leave me with $20 million plus a salary? Well, maybe I will. I'm just not dead yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you need a new career. Anyway. <laughs> 
She inherits all this money. But right after she her husband dies, she inherits this money. Her daughter dies, her infant daughter dies of a rare Aww. of a rare disease. And she's kind of lost, doesn't know what to do with her I'd life, be obviously. Lost too. So husband she went husband dies, she goes child dies. to see a medium for some advice. Their house is haunted. No, the house wasn't haunted. Um, the medium told her that she was haunted and kind of she was possessed. Not possessed. She was being followed by ghosts. Oh, okay. Followed by the ghosts of everybody killed by a Winchester rifle. That's what the medium told her. Oh my god. The and medium the, was not a fan of guns, apparently. Apparently not. <laughs> They're living in New Haven, Connecticut. Um, the medium tells her you have to move. I thought this was California. Oh, it's she, the medium tells her she has to move to California and build a house and don't stop building until the ghosts are satisfied you've built them enough rooms. Is this the house of thir- or not the house 13 ghosts? Was it a glass house by chance? No. <laughs> okay, no, so but she took the me. Uh, one story is she took the medium. This story, the, the whole medium thing might not even be true. There's a couple of different stories about how this happened or whatever. This is the most prominent story. A lot story. of people who have lost well, yeah, someone no, I'm not and saying they it's don't not know true. how to find closure, I'm not they saying will it's not go true. to a medium to see if they can I'm not saying it's connect. not true, but there is some conflicting evidence out there. Anyway, Sarah packs up, moves to California, buys a little farmhouse out in Santa Clara, California, and starts... Building and building and building. And construction went nonstop for years. This tiny little farmhouse turned into a seven-story mansion with hundreds of rooms. And the only reason building stopped was the 1906 earthquake, which caused some of it to get ruined, but then more building because it had to get fixed. Hmm. Shortly after that, uh, Sarah did pass away. The building obviously stopped then. Um, and if you want to see it today, in two, in 2018, it did open up for tours, and you can go there now and tour the Winchester House. And I'm going to tell you kind of cool things about it. It is a mess. The rooms don't make any sense. There are windows that look into rooms. There are doors that go nowhere, stairwells that go nowhere. She was just building to build. Like and she was building herself, she didn't have a crew of people. She had a construction crew doing it, but no architect designing it. She would just say, build this, build this, build this. And they would just do and it. And they would just do it. And the, the story is, it was because she was just building. Because the medium told her she had to build or she'd be haunted by these ghosts. So she just kept building and didn't care where anything was or where anything went or uh, things like that. Weird. Um, there was, hold on. Um, currently, now there was some rooms were ruined. At one point, it was eight stories tall. It's now only four after earthquakes and some damage and remodeling and stuff like that. It's now only a four story mansion instead of eight. Uh, but there are still 161 rooms, including 40 bedrooms, two ballrooms, uh, 47 fireplaces, a uh, thousand panes of, of stained glass. Uh, 17 chimneys with evidence of two others. Actually, in 2016, they found a room in the middle of the house nobody had ever seen before. Like, oh they knocked on a wall and found a new room <laughs> that was built. Um, 
the property was originally 162 acres, but currently it's only four and a half acres, just enough to, to for the house and the nearby outbuildings that were there. Uh, it has gold and silver chandeliers throughout the house. Um, and due to uh, Mrs. Winchester's arthritis, uh, she had the Easy Rider stairways built in so she could ride a, a chair up and down the stairways throughout the house so she could get through the entire house. <laughs> um <laughs> She uh, she never uh, skimped on any accommodations in the house. Like I said, stained glass windows. There were three elevators in the house. Um, there huh. was... Uh, That's uh, funny being for the era that it was built. Oh, yeah. Very, very different. Like, it had full, you know, plumbing, hot water. This is something that was not normal in 1900 everywhere, you know. And she, like, spared no expense. She spent, I mean... She was loaded. She could spend it, obviously. Uh, Twenty million dollars. Uh, over a hundred years ago. When she passed mm-hmm. away, she did not leave the house to anybody, um, and ended up just getting getting left and put into a, an estate that it still belongs to now. Um, but all her belongings were left to her niece. It took her niece six months of trucks leaving every day to get all the belongings out of the house because <laughs> there was so much stuff. You know, that is it's kind of crazy. Oh my gosh! Anyway, there this house like it's it's a, like it's a pretty famous house. You can go tour it now. It's kind of like a tourist attraction now. Like literally, obviously. You know. I mean, if there are stairs that lead to nothing, yeah. I'd be like, what? If this house was Walt Disney's inspiration for his haunted mansion in all the Disney parks. Funny. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, it's been the setting of number of books and movies throughout time never inside the house um inside the house has been used by um that ghost show we used to watch the name of it now off the top of my head they did yeah ghost hunters did a did an episode in there Mythbusters did an episode inside the house kind of some weird stuff that was inside the house but yeah the winchester mystery house i thought that was really interesting to see like that is like i've never heard of that uh, you know this obvious very very wealthy lady who went through some very tough mental situations obviously losing her husband losing her daughter and decided to deal with it by building and building and building it gave her meaning yeah yeah it did it i'm makes sure it sense did sense to me why she would do it i just I, I watched a video in the other day and it's just weird like there's this one this door opens up and there's nothing and you can see into the kitchen you're above the kitchen there's no railing, no nothing, just door open, and there's the kitchen down oh there, 20 feet down there. <laughs> like, I'm like, this is a crazy house. Maybe that's where the stairs were supposed to go. <laughs> Maybe. I don't Weird. know. Well, my next story is the story of Dolly... Parton? Oshreich. Reach. Oh. Okay. Ostrich. Ostrich? Maybe. No. (laughs) (laughs) So she was the woman who kept her secret lover in an attic for years. Do I need to go check the attic? (laughs) Shit, I knew I shouldn't have done this story. No. (laughs) (laughs) So when I first read the title, I was thinking... One thing, I read the story and I went, that is not what ran through my head. Okay. So when I say the title, what's mm-hmm. running through your head right now? That she had somebody tied up in the attic. Okay. So just wanted to hear your thought. That's not what my thought was. Oh, okay. I'll say it at the end. Okay. So 
Uh, despite having one husband and two boyfriends over the years, okay. Dolly, I'm not even going to try to say the last name again, continued to keep her secret lover hidden in an attic. In 1920s, the 1920s, murder and love triangle that involved Dolly um, is strange even in today's standards. And it is. It is. You said the word murder. Did she keep a murdered person in the Just attic? Just listen. Oh, I can't listen. Okay, so Wahlberg uh, Dolly. It's in quotes. Okay. Can't, people can't see my fingers as I quote <laughs> Dolly. So her last name mm-hmm. <laughs> was, and if you want to try to read her last name, there's a link. Okay. So was a housewife in her early 30s, married to the owner of Milwaukee at Apron Factory, Fred Yes, Fred and Dolly's last name. Yeah, got it. So was successful and worked long hours, but Dolly had needs and Fred was either too busy or too drunk to meet them. Okay. So one more warm autumn day in 1913, Dolly found the sewing machine wasn't working. She called Fred to vent her frustrations and he promised to send over a repairman. The young man showed up to fix it, he was a 17-year-old uh, Otto Sandhubber. Dolly must have figured that Fred would send Otto over because she knew the teenager worked for Fred at the factory. When Otto arrived, he met he was met um, by Dolly wearing only a robe and stockings. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is where a bizarre affair that would last a decade. Wow. So after Dolly and Otto conducted their relationship in an unusual secretive manner, meeting in, or in a usual secretive manner, Mm -hmm. meeting in hotels, after a while meeting outside, the home became burdensome, burdensome, I can't talk, and the two began right in her own bedroom, in their home, Mm -hmm. whatever. Nosy neighbors began asking about the man who had been hanging around. So Dolly had told them that it was her. I was going to look this up and I didn't because I. Whatever. Uh, vagabond. I've heard the, brother. W- heard the word before, but I don't know. So whatever that is, I was going to look it up to see. I'm like, ooh, there's a new word. <laughs> I've never seen it before. Um, after realizing they were drawing attention to themselves, Dolly decided that Otto should take up residence in the attic of their home. Hmm. That way, he'd never be spotted coming or going. And he quit his job at the factory and having (laughs) virtually no family, began to spend all his time not spent with Dolly in his hideaway within the house. That's crazy. Yeah. So, but this new arrangement meant that he couldn't leave the attic or mm-hmm. prying eyes would notice. He remained um, there and worked on writing Pulp Fiction stories that he had hoped to have published. Um, the Los Angeles Times reported at night he read mysteries by candlelight and wrote stories of adventures and lust. Hmm. But, or by day, he had made love to Dolly, kept her or helped her keep the house clean and made bathtub gin. Hmm. So I was like, okay. So for five years... Holy cow. Five (laughs) years? Dolly and Otto carried on this odd relationship with Otto living in a cramped attic. 
Could you imagine doing that? That's insane. No. But you're not working. No. You're being fed. Still. No. And Do I have the read. internet? <laughs> there was no internet. I know. Exactly. So no. But he read. I so suppose. when Fred informed Dolly in 1918 that he bought, that he thought they should sell the house and move to Los Angeles, things could have gotten complicated. <laughs> Is there room for my boyfriend that lives <laughs> in the attic? So instead, Dolly found a house overlooking Sunset Boulevard with an attic and sent Otto there early. So he'd be waiting for her when she <laughs> oh arrived. Oh my gosh. Uh-huh. And life continued on in the exact same way it had been for four years until August 22nd of 1922 when Otto overheard Dolly and Fred fighting from the attic and he bursted into the room where they were quarreling and he was... Um, he had two pistols. Fred recognized him from the factory and became extremely angry. So the two men struggled. The gun went off. Fred was shot and Otto and Dolly panicked. Otto locked Dolly in a closet from the outside, taking the key and the gun from him. Um, the guns with him to the attic. He knew neighbors would report the gunshots and this way Dolly would have an alibi, and she couldn't have shot her husband while locked away. Hmm. Which, she didn't shoot him. Yeah. So, uh, when the police arrived, Dolly indeed told them of the burglary where the robber shot Fred, took some expensive (laughs) belongings, and then locked her in the closet before fleeing. The police were somewhat wary of the story, but couldn't prove that it wasn't true, so they released Mm her. Uh, So now that Dolly was a widow, she moved into a new house and continued on with her life. Uh, One would assume that she and Otto would, could eventually bring their relationship into the open, Mm -hmm. uh, allowing Otto to have a normal life. But instead, (laughs) when Dolly moved, her voluntary live-in sex slave took up residency in her attic. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's no need for him to live in the attic anymore. (laughs) Um, Guess he's just gotten used to it. Otto had managed to get a few pulp fiction stories or a few pulp stories published. And with his money, plus a few nickels and dimes from Dolly, uh, purchased a typewriter to keep writing. So while Dolly managed to get herself a new lover, (laughs) lawyer Herman S. Shapiro, uh, Dolly's... Like Dolly's first husband, Shapiro spent long hours away due to Mm. his profession. So enters Roy Quam. Mm. (laughs) So we still have Otto, Mm -hmm. Shapiro, Mm -hmm. and and now (laughs) Quam. Okay. So, and a dead husband. Yeah. So (laughs) another lover to keep Dolly occupied throughout or through her use of Clum might have been to help her uh, get rid of the gun used to shoot Fred. Dolly persuaded him to ditch the gun for her, saying it resembled the burglar's gun hmm. and she didn't want it or didn't want to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. So he tossed it into a tar pit and then sweet talked a neighbor into burying the other gun in his yard. So when Dolly eventually broke up with Clum a while later, he went to the police with the story. The gun was pulled from the tar pit. I don't know how, but it was. Um, Dolly was taken into custody. Her neighbor dug up the other gun and took it to the cops, but neither 
weapon could be tied to Dolly because the guns were corroded. Mm, okay. So And she didn't do the shooting anyway. No, she didn't. So awaiting trial, she pled that Shapiro um she pled with Shapiro to buy groceries uh for Otto and to <laughs> tap on the ceiling of the bedroom closet to let him know that he should come out. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> So poor she, guy. I know. She also tried to tell Shapiro that the attic bound um, Otto was her, the vagabond brother. I need to look that mm. up. Um, but starved for a conversation with another male, Otto spilled the truth to Shapiro, but about the nature of his and Dolly's relationship. Shapiro essentially told him to get lost and got Dolly released on bail. Apparently, the fact that she kept a man in the attic was not a deal breaker. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which must be one amazing woman, let me tell you. Like me? <laughs> like me? Oh, I don't know about that. I'm not going to deal with you putting <laughs> you, you keeping somebody in the attic or being in the attic myself. So, as the lawyer promptly moved in with her, all charges against Dolly were dropped. Until seven years later, when things became irreparable between them. <laughs> so he moved out and told the police what he'd gathered of the crime against Fred. Warrants were, again, issued for Dolly. And this time, Otto as well. A jury found Otto guilty of manslaughter, mm. even after his defense uh, stated that Dolly had enslaved him. Yeah, you know, I can see that. I don't know if I could convict Otto in that situation. Maybe. The trial became known as the Batman case since Otto had been kept in a secluded cave-like attic. So the statue of limitation on manslaughter had run out. Otto was a free man. Dolly went to trial on a conspiracy charge, but also walked free after a hung jury. (laughs) So That's insane. That's insane. Yeah, I thought that was pretty pretty crazy. So I hear I was thinking it was like somebody was dead in the attic for years upon years. No, the guy was living mm-hmm. in the attic for years upon years. And I was even reading this and I'm like, I wonder if we put floorboards on the rafters in our attic so they're not sleeping in the insulation. <laughs> <laughs> if I could keep somebody in our attic. I don't think so. No? No. Oh. You'd probably notice being you work from home. Probably. It's tough. You know, it's I'm not one of those husbands who's away all the time. I literally work in the basement. You do. You do. But yeah, there's pictures where it shows like the corner, like it's a little cubby mm-hmm. type thing. Crazy. And if it's a cubby like the house I grew up in. I lived in a house that had a cubby like that. And well. it was pretty big. It wasn't No, they're they're small fairly large. Quarters. They're fairly large, but it's still Except when if there's you're never no door, leaving, it's still a long There was a door there. Ours didn't. Mine and my sisters, we shared a room. Mm-hmm. Our dressers, uh we had two chest dressers and they stood in front of the big okay. hole. So there were times at night because there was probably about a good foot yeah. above the dressers that was still you could see the cubby hole. And I was like, there's monsters watching us. We were little. I was like six. It freaked me out and went into this big black nothing. (laughs) So, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Cool, cool. That was very interesting. I like that story. Yeah. 
My next story I've been thinking about doing for a long time. Uh oh. It's been on my kind of on my to do list. Your to do list. My list you had of to research it. No, uh, it was just I didn't have to do a lot of research. I just it was something I wanted to talk about, but it didn't. There was no time frame when it needed to be talked about, so it just kind of kept pushing back. And then I'm I had a conversation. Do it sooner. Well, I had a conversation a couple of weeks ago that reminded me, hey, I have this story because I had a conversation with this person, with somebody who reminded me of this story. It wasn't so, my brother, was it? No, it wasn't your brother. Thank goodness. So I'm going to tell you a little beginning of the story and you are going to recognize what I'm telling you. I figured as much. For sure. <clears throat> a woman's driving her car. Oh, God. <laughs> Just she's, kidding. She's holding a cup of McDonald's coffee between her legs. Oh. She spills the coffee on herself. Get some minor burns. Sue's McDonald's. Wins millions of dollars. Story over. Okay. You've heard this story yeah. before, right? We've all heard. We've all well, heard this story. M- the majority of us have heard this. The majority story. of us heard the story, and the majority of us had heard the story wrong. I've heard it two different ways. Well, I'm going to give you the facts of the story. Okay. Which I find very interesting. So, what was presented in court? Yeah, well, not just what was presented in court, but what was presented in the news at the time of it happening, not afterwards, not when it all blew up, Okay. but as it happened. Okay. So, Stella Liebeck, this is the lady who was burned. Mm -hmm. When she was burned, she's a 79-year-old lady living in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Mm -hmm. Her grandson drove her to McDonald's, so she was not driving. Okay. The car was parked. It was not moving. Okay. Liebeck acknowledged... The spill was her fault. What she took issue with is the coffee was ridiculously hot. Obviously. 190 degrees. I thought it was 120. 190 degrees. It's on the cup as 120. Now, not then. (laughs) Well, not then. Yeah. But that's why I thought it was 120 because on the cup it says 120, but 120 is enough to burn you. 190 degrees Fahrenheit. It caused third-degree burns on her legs and genitals, nearly killing her. She required extensive surgery to treat her her, I'm her sure wounds. with infection and yeah. stuff. Um, McDonald's knew it was unsafe. They had 700 reports the prior year of people burning themselves with their coffee. Ugh. Um, but they also said that our customers like our coffee hot, so they kept it near boiling. I don't like coffee that hot because you can't even take a sip of it right Mm -hmm. away. Liebeck didn't want to go to court. Nobody wants to go to court. All she wanted was McDonald's to please just pay my $20,000 in in hospital bills. That's all she asked for. That would have been easier, McDonald's. McDonald's said, no, we'll give you $800. So she filed the lawsuit. $800? That's all they offered They offered $800. So, oh, in 1994, my. she files this famous lawsuit that everybody thinks they know about. Well, everybody laughed about it because it's like she burned her for JJ. Yeah, that's true. I remember um, giggling about it. Like After how, hearing the evidence, how? the jury concluded that McDonald's was so irresponsible that Liebeck should get $2.9 million. Wow. Liebeck disagreed and settled. because she didn't 20000 Settled for $600,000. And six hundred thousand dollars, not just six hundred, six hundred thousand dollars, and McDonald's had to change the temperature of their coffee to one hundred and twenty degrees. Yes, 
And there we go. Yes. 120. I knew it was 120. So in this case, we hear about, I, and the reason it came up the other day, and it's how I hear about this all the time, is I hear about how, oh, Americans are just so quick to sue like that lady did to McDonald's. This lady had every right to sue McDonald's. Uh, this lady... If they took no responsibility and only offered $800, yeah. <laughs> especially after $20,000 in yes. medical bills... Damn straight. This is a story of a average, everyday, regular person being wronged by a corporation, fighting it, and winning. But the story has been spun as... Well, it kind of sounds silly. You spill hot No, I'm not saying it doesn't sound... But there was literally marketing firms put behind this story because they were afraid of more people suing, so they wanted it to sound just ridiculous. So McDonald's literally hired a marketing firm to run ads making it sound ridiculous. I don't think marketing firms needed to do that because oh, no, I'm sure they you hear she needed reconstructive surgery on her vagina. Yeah. It sounds silly right there. It does All sound in silly. Itself. It does sound silly. But it was true. It was true. <laughs> like I mean, 190 degree coffee dumped there and like and the whole time like all Man, we hear about is how I'd she would I love wa- McDonald's to pay for my vagina. <laughs> I know I have in my life I have heard surgery. about how this lady who sued McDonald's wouldn't take responsibility but and that wasn't the case at all. She was 100% said, "I spilt the coffee. It's not their fault. It just shouldn't be that hot." Like? I feel like our stories are kind of like, well, it's my last story that kind of lines up with yours. Mm-hmm. Weird. Weird. So, yeah, that was just, I just wanted to take a look at the, the famous 1994 case of McDonald's. We didn't talk about this before? Coffee. No, we've never talked about this. Well, me and you have talked um, about this. We might this. have talked about it, but never, you know, with a microphone. Because it kind of blew me out of the water. It wasn't as funny as, you know, when you're younger. You're younger. Oh, no, yeah. It's a funny story like, then. She burned her for JJ and she's taking him to court for it. Mm. <laughs> as a young adult, you do find that funny. Yeah. But then as a young adult, if you were to think, you know, uh, she's a 79-year-old lady who burned her for JJ, probably not using it as much as she was as a young adult. It doesn't matter. She no, burned I know. her for JJ ne- and, and it, it's suing it, McDonald's over it. Yeah, well. I mean, if, she she, it, if it was her stomach, it wouldn't have been as funny. No, it wouldn't have. It wouldn't. It was the fact that where she burned herself mm-hmm. that made it funny. Yeah, I agree. I'm I going agree. to hell. You are. <laughs> <laughs> My next story is a little bit about preservation opposed to recreation i was gonna say things? is it a little bit of country and a little bit of rock and roll I, that's what came to my mind my mind when you said a little bit no of... i was just thinking about ruining a vajay vajay oh. hmm. this is about things being preserved now. okay not ruined not ruined okay so recently this month a perfectly preserved cave lion cub found frozen in siberia Ooh. so twenty thousand years old cool even its whiskers are intact. That's awesome. Uh-huh. So there's found frozen deep in the Siberian Arctic, the cave lion club, cub, whoa, cub looks like she's asleep and one touch might waken her. I think I even have a photo I was going to give photos. you. I like photos. 
so the cub's golden fur is matted with mud, but otherwise undamaged. Her teeth, soft skin, or soft skin, soft tissue, and organs are mummified, but all intact. Hmm. So some 28,000 years ago, since she last closed her eyes, her claws are still sharp enough to prick the fingers of one of the scientists who are studying uh, this remarkable permafrost-preserved specimen. So the Siberian Simba, nicknamed Sparta, which made me go Siberian Simba, but that's where Simba got its name. Maybe. So nicknamed Sparta was one of two baby cave lions found in 2017 and 2018 by mammoth tusk hunters. Hmm. So initially it was thought that the two cubs were siblings as they were found just 15 meters, 49 feet apart. Uh, But one study found that they differ in age by around 15,000 years. Uh, Boris is the second cub known and is 43,448 years old, according to Holy cow. radio carb dating. So I don't know how accurate carb dating is. It seems to be pretty accurate. It seems to be pretty accurate. However, I mean, not, we're not talking like to the year or anything, but it's pretty accurate, at least to the time period, usually. I'm not I would guess. positive. And being it's that many, 15,000 years, they're probably not. But they could probably do DNA and even see maybe, maybe. if they're brother, sister, because you can yeah. figure that stuff out, too. Yeah. Uh, Sparta is probably the best preserved ice age animal ever found and Mm. is more or less undamaged apart from the fur being a little bit ruffled. Mm. Um, she even had whiskers preserved. Boris is a little bit more damaged, but still pretty good. So both cubs were about one or two months old when they, uh, perished. The study said it's not clear how they died though. They have speculation was like a mudslide mm. but something that came down on them that just quick <laughs> uh there were no signs of them being killed by a predator or anything like that so um so a tomograph c scan i'm not quite sure what that is showed the skull damaged disc location of ribs and other distortions in the skeleton uh, given the preservation, they must have been v- buried very quickly, though. Um, during the last Ice Age, Siberia wasn't the empty place it is today. There were ma- mammoths, tundra wolves, bears, woolly rhinoceroses. I had no rhinoceroses, huh? I know. I was like, what the hell is that? I've never heard of that. Me but either. apparently it's a thing. Bison and Sega antelopes. <laughs> I think of S- Sega. Saga. But I think it's Saiga. Antelopes roamed. I don't know. Along with cave lions. So <laughs> Russia scientists um, like Valerie Plotnikov, a co-author of the study and a research of the Academy of Science in Yukits. I don't know. No idea. That. Siberia's main city have accompanied and developed Developed working relationships with the tusk hunters who are unearthing or who unearth astonishing finds, astonishing finds from hmm. the permafrost, mud, and ice. Hmm. The scientists have tested the frozen remains for infection 
infectious disease such as anthrax. Oh, that, that can scares, lay. scares me so bad. Uh-huh. That is hot. Like, I, I know we just went through like a pandemic that didn't start this way, but I am so scared of something melting in ice and killing everybody. It, it is like happen. my big fear. Some virus or something that is found prehistoric, yeah, and like ends up wiping out civilization. But like, it can lay dormant before they yep. examine them and and all that. So they test for stuff like that. Um, the next step would be to sequence the DNA of Sparta, which would reveal the evolution. Of, ooh, excuse me, reveal the revolutionary history of the cave lion. The population's ice and its unique genetic features, which I don't hmm. know how they would do that off of DNA. But in my head, I'm going, this might be good because if they do the two cubs with the DNA, prove they're not related. Mm-hmm. Okay, carbon dating, mm-hmm. great. If they are related, brother, sister, carbon dating, mm, we need to relook at this. Yeah. yeah. So, hmm. so. But I was just cool. like... That's really interesting. I thought so. I thought it was kind of cool. Like, go look at the picture. The thing looks like it's ready to wake up at any moment, mm. too. It looks like it's sleeping. Almost, yeah, almost alive. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy, crazy. Well, my last story, I meant to do this story a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Because the whole point of doing this story was to do the story prior to the Olympics, to the Summer Olympics. We are now post-Summer Olympics, but the story still works. It is just a look at Olympic events that no longer is, exist. Oh, my God. I was looking at something and like that, like sculpting. One of the reasons I wanted to look at this is I'm very interested <laughs> in some Olympic events that are about to exist in next in two years, in three years. Breakdancing dan- break is making it into the Olympics, up. and I thought that was oh kind of crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. I thought that was kind of crazy. So. Kind of? It but is. I found this article just talking about a few, uh, a number of uh, things that no longer exist. Um, the first one they have listed is equestrian vaulting. So it's basically just doing acrobatics on top of a horse, um, which is kind of crazy, I think. You know, basically, it's basically using the horse as if it was that, what's the bar they do things off of? Balance like, beam? Yeah, like it's using the horse like a balance beam and kind of crazy. Or other people call it a horse. Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> they used to use an actual horse. <laughs> um, they used to also do horse long jumping. So I don't know if that's the person riding the horse wins the medal or does the horse win the medal? <laughs> that's a good question. Um, so those the two horse ones didn't really catch my attention too much. They were just the first two in this article. Uh, this next one I really got a kick out of. They used to do pistol dueling. I, I <laughs> could see that, but they don't shoot at each other. Uh, they did shoot at each other, oh. just not with real bullets. Okay. It was with... Um, so their was faces dueling. would be behind glass, and it was with kind of a rubber-type bullet thing where your body's going to get hit with it. It's probably going to hurt a little bit, but you're not going to die. Uh, a little? Yeah. Mm, you know, I mean... Bruise. It's just like paintball. Like. Yeah. Yeah. I just I thought that was interesting. Um, I didn't know dog sled racing used to be an Olympic sport. I actually I did that. not know that. I thought that was very interesting. Um, it's not Olympic anymore, but they still have the races. Yeah. Oh, about the um, oh, I missed one. Um, Golfing s- single stick. 
single stick. Yeah, single stick competitors would attempt to hit each other with a club that they held in one hand. In other words, a single stick. The sport was only played at one Summer Olympics, and it only had two nations competing, the U.S. and Cuba. Cuba won the gold in 1904. What? They beat each other with a stick. Why? I don't know. Well, I know now why Cuba and the U.S. no longer get along. Well, it's not because of the single stick, I don't think. We're just going to stick it to that, okay? The dog sledding, only two nations also competed in that ever, and that was the U.S. and Canada. Canada taking home the gold and the bronze. (laughs) So um, there was a diving competition called Plunging for Depth. Okay. You dove off the high the highest diving platform and see who can get the deepest. Oh my god. <laughs> in the pool. How deep was the pool? Um, you know, I'm not sure how deep the pool was, but I'm guessing it's got to be deeper than a typical pool if your whole point is to get as deep as possible. Yeah. Um, it was only around for the 1904 Summer Olympics in St. Louis. Um, and the U.S. was the only participating country, so we definitely won the gold. <laughs> I don't oh know how that God. works, but um, then uh, we had ski ballet. So okay. there was that was nineteen ninety two. Like people breaking legs. Nineteen ninety two. Shut up. Winter Olympics. Okay, I bet we could find YouTube clips on that one. We might be able I to. I see yes. people breaking legs though. It was literally, you know, choreographed skiing. <laughs> kind of crazy. Um, left and leg up for right thirty six years. <laughs> From 1912 to 1948, the Olympic Committee gave out medals for art. Yeah, sculpting, I, like, painting. Yeah, I didn't know that. I was not aware of that. I kept saying like, sculpting. <laughs> um, and today, artists can still submit their work to the Olympic Cultural Program. They do not give out medals in competition Weird. anymore, but you can get recognized by the Olympic Committee. <gasps> For your art. I want to do that. Yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. Just weird things that are not done at the Olympics anymore. That is weird. Yeah. Like, I'm still stuck on the skiing, like, pizza fries. <laughs> <laughs> pizza fries, left leg up. Pizza, Ugh. right leg up, fries. Okay. Not everybody probably understood that. but Probably not. Okay. So, my last thing is actually a countdown. A countdown? And it, when I started researching this, there was one thing that made me go, what? And then I was researching that, and then I pulled up this countdown. I'm like, we're just going to do the countdown. Okay, since I know you didn't bring the story, before you start your story, I have one question for you. Shit. At any point this when you were looking for stories, did you almost do a SpongeBob story? No. So like, okay, that's all I had I was to thinking ask. of SpongeBob. For the last, I'm I'm not going to do the story, so I'm just going to tell it super quick. It's not a full story, but there was like this scientific discovery, not scientific discovery, uh, a picture taken, just a picture taken, but it's showed up in every news feed I've looked at in the last two weeks, and it's a scuba diver who got a picture of a sponge and a starfish next to each other. So it Jesus. was like a real live SpongeBob and Patrick picture. There were no and it's pineapples been everywhere. No, there were no pineapples. So that's dumb. I know. I've seen I've, I've seen this story at least fifty times in the last two weeks. It's like somebody wanted me to cover it, and I and refused. And then I send you a picture of a plant from Walmart of a pineapple. You did. Like, I want this picture. I said, or, buy not it. Not picture. I want this plant. I said, buy it. And I said, 
I want the plant. I don't need it. <laughs> I'll kill it. The pineapple is no bigger than the palm of my hand. And then the little leaves would be my fingers. Yeah. Yep. Anyways. Okay. Sorry to distract you. No, you're not. You were excited to talk about SpongeBob. Not really. So, seven common things more dangerous than sharks. Ooh. Yeah. I kind of always like these things because I, 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 I'm, I'm a big believer in the, like, I listen to a lot of people who every year when Shark Week comes around, they go, you know, sharks really aren't that dangerous. They don't really kill that many people. <laughs> you know? No. One every other year. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, not a big so, deal. So, we can all agree, shark attack will get some pretty crazy media attention. Oh, of course. Because it doesn't happen very often. No. So, it's like, ah, yeah. shark attack! Yeah. Okay, so... It definitely belongs on the bottom of your worry list. Mm -hmm. And we need to give this to our child who freaks out about sharks. However, <laughs> there's other things he will start freaking out yeah, about. Yeah, we don't need to tell him the things that will hurt him because he'll just freak out about more things. <laughs> that are not as likely, yeah. but it could it would happen more than a shark. Yeah. So the odds are one in 250 million in the U.S. You have a greater chance of winning the lottery with the odds... At mirror of one in 175 million. Hmm. So seven everyday things more dangerous than sharks, than sharks are. Number seven, cows. cows. Cows are responsible for the death of an average of 20 people a year. How do cows kill people? I've, I, I've never, I've never been, milked a cow. No, I've never milked a cow. That's why I'm asking. I've never been around a cow. Okay. If you're a farmer... It's like a horse kicking you in okay. the head. I can understand. That well, would be if you're milking a cow, you're sitting on a stool. Yeah. All it's going to take is one good whack to the temple. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Understandable. So, six. This should have been at the top. Texting. Oh, yeah. 100%. Texting is responsible for the death of 6,000 people annually. 100%. Uh, there's like so many states that have enacted laws. There's even like Massachusetts even calls it a DWI if you're caught texting. I don't think texting should have been on this list because it just wasn't it to me wasn't the text, odd. And, and the text, it was to me a normal And texting isn't the thing that's killing you. It's texting while doing something else. While driving. Attention. Exactly. The texting isn't what's killing you. Right. It's texting while driving that's killing you. Right. Whereas my drinking right now could kill me, but I'm not driving. <laughs> no. You're not. And we're working, but we're working from home. Hmm. So the rest of these, like number seven, are going to be a little out there. Okay. Number five, vending machines. Ooh, I knew this. That's why they got the warning on the corner of all of them, because they fall over on people. You know how many times I was at work shaking the damn thing because it didn't get me my You're treat? not supposed to do that. Like, you can <laughs> die. And I was like, this thing's <laughs> freaking heavy, but it's me and one other person. We're like, we're going to get yeah. this damn thing out. Yeah. But, but it's no, it happens that yeah. 13 people die every year yep. from vending machine I was, accidents. I was definitely aware of this one. Number four. This is what I was researching. Being left-handed. Oh, really? That pisses me off. Well, you know, you're not that important. No, I'm kidding. How, however, I feel like I might be saved in this because tough news for all you left-handed people like me, but it's estimated that 2,500 people die annually just from being left-handed. Statistically, left-handers are five times more likely to die in accidents than right-handed people. And this is because... 
it is a right-handed world. No, I agree. I'm, I'm sure my that's mom, why it is. Like, there's some safety thing. There's many safety no, things out there that were designed for right-handed people only. I'm sure. No, there's... no. Okay. Tools are yeah. made for right-handed people. Yeah. My mom cut her leg using a right-handed chainsaw. Oh, I, I, because I, who I, knew there was a left-handed chainsaw? Yeah, I can imagine it. I agree that left-handed people are not definitely like she could have taken her leg off and died right then and there yeah she didn't she only like cut it and had to go to the hospital (laughs) for for bleeding (laughs) she didn't bleed out thankfully but because of stuff like that though it's like it's a right-handed world Mm -hmm. but i will say that people who text and drive are not nearly as annoying as left-handed people so it's (laughs) okay (laughs) that was a joke well, I would took it as a compliment. It was a joke. It was a joke. Like, I'm not as as annoying. Thanks. I'm left-handed. I know. I don't I, text people, and drive. I said people who text and drive aren't nearly as annoying as left-handed people. Oh, I heard that wrong. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, bleep you. So, number three. Party balloons. Really? I see it with little kids. <laughs> Okay. Biting on the Chewing. balloons, okay, choking. Okay. I'm thinking of a balloon and it popping and somehow that like, doing it. There's but a warning on the balloon bags, like keep away from kids, children kids under the age of. Kids a balloon, yes. I so can balloons see are to blame for three to five deaths, and that's not including hot air balloons. Just party just balloons. Just party balloons. So asteroids. Okay, this one's a little more complex. But takes out more people than sharks do. So the National... Um, Academies of Science, I said that wrong, released a study stating that the average of 91 people will die per year due to asteroids. Not meteors or objects from the sky. Asteroids, small little things. Okay. The study was done over a period of time and some asteroids caused a lot of casualties. So like showers and stuff like that. So the study is... Statistical average. So yeah, okay. And does not mean ninety-one people die per year. It means a bunch of people died in In one area. In one area at one time and then average it over the So either way, make sure you wear your helmet when you go outside. This is what (laughs) I was talking about with with your other story. So, anyways, uh number one. We can never give this to our son. Dun dun dun. Oh wait, drum roll, please. Whatever. Crosswalks. Crosswalks kill people. Uh, uh, we were on vacation. You know how many times I was sitting there and you were like, just cross. And I'm like, no. <laughs> You're not getting killed by the crosswalk. You're getting killed by the car that hits you. <laughs> Look both ways has never been more important. 4,500 people die each year from crosswalks. Okay. We That's go crazy. from one city who are very friendly. Very friendly, and everybody would stop at every crosswalk. If every you were within five feet of a crosswalk, like, people were it stopping. It was like the bikers and the walkers yep. owned the city. And then we go... You go to another one, and they didn't give a shit. Nobody person was in you. the middle of the crosswalk, <clears throat> and they were like, we're going to run your ass over, asshole. Yep. What the hell are you doing? Yep. Even if they had the right at that crosswalk. Uh, and you wonder why I hesitated. I will say crosswalks, <laughs> crosswalks are something that I think I... I don't appreciate enough being spending most of my life in in a small town. Like I don't ever cross at a crosswalk. I don't ever look at a light when I'm walking. I I, I cross at crosswalks, like, but not like I should. I do a lot of jaywalking, yeah. but in little towns, in small towns, it's what you do. Care. You don't care. There's no traffic. What are you gonna do? We I'm go not gonna down, sit there and wait. 
we go down to the bigger cities, I will use a crosswalk. No, I do. I, when I go to a bigger, bigger city, I do, and I feel weird because, I do like, too, I'm not used to it. I'm used to I like. Remember, I took us two blocks down because we had to get to a crosswalk, but that street was yeah. congested, and yeah. I'm like, they ain't gonna stop for us either. Mm-hmm. So I went two blocks down, waited for the hand to say, "You got 20 seconds to get your butt across yeah. the street." And then I'm like, didn't we park right there? And you were like, no, no, we it's the other and way. I'm like, Damn it! <laughs> yep, but yeah, crosswalks. I, I, I can believe it, especially like our experience on vacation was. There are it some places where people do not respect crosswalks at all, and I have noticed. Like, we live in an area that do not respect. No, crosswalks. we don't. We don't. We definitely people here do not, and they even though local communities put up those little signs, which now I know they do all over the country because I saw them all over the place that have the signs that's you know in the middle of the crosswalk that say it's a state law that you must stop for people in the crosswalk. Nobody does in a lot of no, places. No, because you shouldn't here. be crossing the street when it's not your turn. Yeah, well, in some of these places, in a lot of places where there are crosswalks, it's never your turn because it's not a light. It's just my finger you know. twitched when you said that, and it was like my eye would twitch out of anger. It's just <laughs> a lot of places. It's just it's just there's no light. There's no nothing. It's just a crosswalk, and you're supposed to stop. Yeah, it used to make me mad actually in the morning on the way into work. There was a crosswalk between our parking lot at work and the building, and there was one of those little signs that said, "It's state law. You must stop at the crosswalk." No way stopped if you were going across that crosswalk that town is good for those signs yeah but that's is. why i always well we've got one here too though parking lot though because i didn't want to stop for the people yeah i mean in our town we got one it's just on just the street take them out they get short-term disability <laughs> yeah it's the advantage when you when you work for the insurance company that is the advantage you know they're covered <laughs> yes I didn't realize we ever told people we were for the insurance I did, company. But whatever. Anyway. Hate me, love me, whatever. Yeah. So, anyway, if uh, if if you like to run people over in crosswalks, <laughs> you should <laughs> let us know. Or you want to tell me off for not wanting to stop for you, but thank Al for stopping for what you. What you should let us know is in your local community. Do people stop for people in crosswalks? Yeah, and That's tell what us I where know. you're at. Yeah. Like, what part where of the country are you from? But are you in a we large city? In... Are you in a small area? Because let me tell you, we were in some large cities where people stopped. We were in the same and state. In small cities where people didn't, within 20 miles of each other. <laughs> same state. One city stopped, the other didn't. Yeah, It was definitely. like... <sighs> yeah. And I'm sure it's similar even here where we live. We just live in an area where nobody stops Nobody anything. stops for anybody. Well, I mean, of course like, they don't stop. They're busy texting. Well, how are you going to stop? <laughs> this is true. This is true. Plus, we're in a state where there's snow and it hits 30 below. So if you even hit your brakes, you might lose control That's of your true. vehicle. You're not hitting your brakes. and you're, It's cold outside. You shouldn't be out there walking anyway. So as a pedestrian, <laughs> you just need to make sure there are no cars whatsoever before you move. Yes, yes. And anyway, like I said, if you have any of that you'd like to tell us, you can send us an email, outlandishoutcasts at gmail.com. I'd love to hear this conversation because I'll even join in on yes. it. Anyways, yes. And I don't know where I start with that when I'm on Facebook. Yes. <laughs> Outlandish Showcast Podcast. It's been a while. It has been a while. So you can definitely follow us there. Like, like, like. And leave a comment under this episode's yes. link and let us know about the crosswalk because I'd really like to know what cities are are friendly to stopping for people so i don't go there (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I would like to go there so we could walk. I so. like to walk. Places. He does like so. to walk. And I'm like, let's go. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> <laughs> you can also comment on Twitter. We are there at Outlandish Casts. That's right. It's our oddball it hour. It is our oddball. Or you can follow us on Instagram and love us there. Follow, yes. follow, follow. Yes. Or leave a rating or review in whatever podcast application you're listening to the show I'm on. the funny one. If you want to tell her she's the funny one, it is how I get along with her, so you should do the same. No, it's just the truth. Oh, okay. And Live with it. <laughs> and I promise it will not be another three weeks. No. We will no. be back two weeks from today. And school's starting, and we have two little ones, so it's we'll going to be harder for us <laughs> to go on vacation. Yeah. Hence, vacation in the summer. Exactly. I so. wish it was in the winter, because... It's Lord cold knows. here. I don't want to be here <laughs> at 30 below. I'd rather fly off somewhere. This but. is true. This is true. So have a good week, everybody. Bye.